Welcome to the Podcock Peacast. We are back. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock, after a Christmas week hiatus, uh, coming back into your ear holes. Uh, both my cohorts are with me yet again. I'll start with Bryce Baumgartner. Welcome back. Did you have a good Christmas? Uh, well, I did until... Phone call in the middle of that. So I don't know if you got any of that right there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Yes, no. Good. We're, we're live here. So uh, decided <laughs> the phone was going to ring. Sorry. I don't know why I must be getting a warranty on my car um, phone call or something. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Merry Christmas. Uh, Brown's ruined it. Fuck me. So. And uh, Bobby, what's up? How was your Christmas? Uh, pretty, pretty uneventful. Uh, just cruising along to the playoffs, and hope everyone had a happy, happy holidays, no matter what you celebrated. Yeah, um, no trivia this week. Um, I kind of dropped the ball on that, so uh, we'll bring that back next week. So let's just jump right into this son of a bitch here. Was that a New um, Year pun by dropping the ball? No, but I should have just lied to you and said yes. Okay, okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be full transparency. That was not a good. Uh, Good ears, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, speaking of the New Year's, uh, New Year's Day is Friday. Kind of snuck up on us, but the college football playoff semifinals will take place that day. Um, and luckily, not so much for myself, but I have a podcast where I have two co-hosts, and both their favorite college football teams will be playing in said playoffs in both semifinals. And um, I'll just kick back as a fan and and hope for heartbreak. Not no, not for you guys. Just I'm rooting for the most heartbreak. Whether it's any of the four teams, don't really care who wins. But anyway, Bobby, I'll start with your uh, team. Your fourth ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They'll play in the first semifinal against the number one seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide, four Eastern Time on ABC. Uh, Going to be played in Jerry World. It, I guess it still is the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Game presented by Capital One. Um, gambling. Alabama, 19.5 point favorite at time of recording. The total on it is 65.5. I guess just throwing it to you, Bobby, just, you know, your initial thoughts. Um, what do you expect? Maybe a key to victory. What what should we be looking forward or for uh, if Notre Dame is going to have a chance in this one? Yeah, uh, last time we were here, uh, I was quite high on the Irish going into the ACC championship game. I figured, you know, we we beat Clemson one time. Uh, we did it with defense in the running game. Figured we could do it again. Uh, we started out great, uh, went up three nothing. Uh, I got the interception right on Clemson's first drive, marched right down to the one yard line and couldn't punch it in, and then we missed the field goal, and then floodgates just kind of opened up from there. Um, it's the same thing that happened to us against them in the playoff two years ago. Uh, we raced out to that 3 nothing lead, and then we just blow it. We did finish strong in that game. I will give us that. Um, you know, it, it's kind of tough for the defense in that second half. They're just trying to survive, selling off every play. Um, we, I mean, I figured we would still be in the playoff, but the way we got beat, I was, I was nervous on that selection Sunday. But – Games in the past, we have a new opponent, Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, who remember last time we played each other, um, utterly embarrassed us on national television, maybe set the program back another five years, because uh, that would have been 2013, to 2018, and we made the playoff again. So 
Math checks out. Math guy. Alabama is – this is probably the best Alabama team I've seen since 2008 when they beat Texas. Um, watching them in the SEC championship game, their offense doesn't miss a beat. They seemingly call the right play every single time. Their offensive line is gigantic. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but they absolutely dwarfed Florida's defensive line, which was pretty impressive. Uh, defensively, they do give up some. Uh, you know, some, they played some of the lesser opponents in the SEC. You're, uh, I don't know who they played, but, I mean, look what they did to Texas a and the number five team in the nation, what they did to Florida. Um, they obviously – Georgia yeah. in there too. Yeah. So you know what they can do against those kind of teams. But they also give up a lot of points. Look at 48, giving up to Ole Miss. Um, so, you know, there's a chance for the Irish to hang with them on offensively if we can – Protect Ian Book, our offensive line. You know, we're down our starting center, but we still have four other multiple All-Americans along the offensive line. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling okay about our offense. The, the key for the offense is holding onto the ball, long drives, and you have to score touchdowns. We cannot rely on field goals and defense to beat this team. We have to match them score for score and then stop them once or twice on defense. That's the only way the Irish are going to win this game. Um, you know, I think defensively we're – miles ahead of Alabama's defense, but they have players in the right spots. They have Patrick Sertain Jr. Um, I forget their linebacker's name came back this year. Um, he's Moses. Moses, yeah. He's all over the field every single play. Um, so I, I don't think the Irish are going to win. I know I feel like a terrible fan saying that, but there's just too much of a gap between their players and our players. I'm hoping for a close game. Uh, I think it'll probably be about a 42 to 28 type game. I think Alabama gives up the scores late and we kind of pull it close. But Irish have to get off to a good start. We have to control the ball. We have to run the ball. And then our defense has to play the best game of their life. Okay, I'll throw it to Bryce. Bryce, what's uh, just your thoughts and opinions on this matchup? And how do you think it goes? Um, I, I think Alabama's going to win, but I don't know. I, I think Notre Dame had such an off night against Clemson there. You know, a week ago, it's it's really. I mean, I understand why people are like, "Oh, Bama's going to kill them," and with this with the spread like that, yeah. I mean, that might they might cover that late, but I don't know. I think I think the Irish are going to be ready to play. I think getting their asses like handed to them against Clemson kind of like you know, hey, cleanse the soul a little bit. I think they they can come out and and have a fresh start against a really good Bama team and. You know, playing with house money, they got nothing to lose. It's like, why not just go out there and play your style ball? I think if they can establish a run and, and keep keep the offense moving, like Bobby said, you know, be able to, you know, score touchdowns instead of kicking field goals and and and, and matching their touchdowns, they they obviously have a shot. Um, I don't know. It's something something about the Bama defense is still kind of like you know. I know they're good and they they've they're very impressive and they'll they'll give them the lead, but. Um, I don't know. We saw Florida sneak back in that game late um, there last Saturday night or whatever, two Saturday nights ago, whatever you want to say it. And uh, I think as long as Notre Dame keeps their cool, I mean, I think Brian Kelly will probably have a pretty good game plan coming into it. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think it could be a good game. Uh, they, they all have athletes on the side, both sides of the ball. I really like their tight ends, Notre Dame's. Um, I was high on them like three weeks ago. And if Notre Dame would have lost by, let's say, 10 points to Clemson like where would we what would we be thinking we'd be like this is going to be a pretty competitive game but I think just that bad night 
really made people think, oh, yeah, they're going to get crushed by Alabama. I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't think it's going to be an ass-kicking by any means. So, uh, well, no, I think, you know, within the first first quarter, just kind of like, okay, this is the game it's going to be. Now Bama comes out and just hits hits those deep threats and, you know, 14 nothing early. Boy, it's going to be a long night for the Irish. So, hopefully they can keep their cool and, and keep their game plan and not have to scramble like they did against Clemson. Uh, I think the thing against Clemson is, I mean, they were in the game, and then what? Right before half, didn't like ETN like take a take something like to the house? Wasn't like a like a or, like a yeah, it was like a sixty right, yard run. right. What was the score then? I mean, I was kind of going back and forth between it some was, games. Uh, twenty four to three at halftime. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, like. If that didn't happen, what seventeen to three? So I mean, you're not like completely out of it. That was just that like broke them right before half. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm again. It's the playoffs. I'm excited. Two big time names, big programs, great coaches going up against each other. And um, you know, the thing that sucks about both of these games is you don't really get the um, you know you're not getting there early. You're not doing like the media day, the fun stuff that you usually see around bowl games, and that just kind of takes a little of the, the like the fun stuff out of the the reason why you play the game. So um I don't know. Give me give me give me uh Bama, but I'd say by by 13. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off the just the whole like build up to the game. I mean, I've been saying this for a while now. Not most your school wins the national championship or the championship and whatever sport you're talking about COVID it's kind of a fake year. I mean, we're just kind of getting through this for revenue sake. I mean, I hate to be a Debbie downer, but that's, I feel like that's kind of the reality of the situation, but kudos to, you know, the four schools that did get here. Um, as for the on-field product, I, I mean, if you look at, at the teams that has beat Saban since he's been in Alabama, um, you need a mobile quarterback, which Ian Book has that ability to to hurt defenses with his legs. And then you got to win on the outside uh, with your receivers. Um, and I don't know if Notre Dame really has the, the, the receiving core to do that this year, but maybe Brian Kelly does come up with the and, – and Tommy Grace and that offensive staff. Maybe they come up with some matchups where they get – uh, one of their, you know, plethora tight ends out there matched up one-on-one with the safety or backer, and he's able to win on the outside and stuff like that. But um, I do think there needs to be a mixture too. Weirdly, I think situational football is so key, uh, especially on the Notre Dame side where you have to keep that Bama offense off the field. But I, I think you need to hit some big plays against them as well. Um, and I think Alabama's defense is good. I, I you know, Florida – this year, um, I don't know exactly the metrics or anything like that. But they're by far and away like a top five offense in college football this year. Um, and Alabama's offense, they just put so much pressure on you. I mean, Devonta Smith, um, he's going to New York for the Heisman ceremony, whatever that's worth. But I, I think Najee Harris doesn't get enough credit. Just the, the unique blend of his size, but he can run away also. You know, he's kind of like Derrick Henry a little bit. 2.0. I, I think Bama wins, um, you know, but I'm, I'm right around where Bobby thinks it's going to be, you know, Bama scores in the low to mid-40s, 
and then you're hoping Notre Dame could get to, you know, the mid to high 20s, the low 30s for a backdoor cover situation. And I, I think that's a realistic possibility. I think the over is actually the gambling play I would have in this one. But, uh, I mean, I'm, hope, I'm hoping for a good game, I'm sure. You know, Bryce mentioned it. Just two heavyweights, you know, two of the top five brands in college football. It's definitely a helmet game. You see those two helmets matching up across the line of scrimmage. It just, you know, regardless of the, the scenario, the records or whatever, it feels big. Uh, it feels bigger, so you know I'm, you know I'll be there watching every second of it, of course. But you know um, that's just my opinion on the matter. Don't know if Bobby, if you have anything, or Bryce to close out uh, semifinal number one here. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. We all have the pretty much the same sentiment there, and I, I think we're all. I don't know who, who we are. I think we'd all be rooting for Notre yes, Dame because the we're tired of the Alabama. It's Clemson matchup. Like we need mm-hmm. something new. And for me, I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for the Irish, and you know, I'm rooting for the other side because I want to see that game on the grandest stage. Oh man, could you imagine an Ohio State Notre Dame national championship? That would just be too good. The worst thing mm-hmm. of all time. <laughs> uh, well, to uh, to segue into that game. Uh, boys, yes. boys, I'm not confident. I don't think that. Yeah, I, I don't, take yeah, take the lead. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we have to worry about that. Honestly, um, I'm trying to think of the last time I was like, like, I felt this way about a Buckeye game, like going into it, like just no confidence whatsoever. If I had to, like, I got a I got a guess for yeah. you. Yeah, maybe the BCS. LSU game down in the Superdome that one year, the Todd Beckman led Buckeyes. Yeah, but or did you did you have confidence? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I thought we could. I thought we would be like in it and 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 probably have a good shot to win. I would say I was at a a six and a half seven, like of confidence. Like instead of being like a ten, being like, yeah, we're definitely going to win, no doubt. Like I was against Florida. I was like, there's no fucking way we're going to lose to Florida. Are you kidding me? And then Florida beats us like forty two to like forty one fourteen or something like that. Um, I'm at like a, a three, like a 2.753 on my confidence in this game. Um, I think it was just watching Ohio state play against Northwestern. And I know they had Chris Olave out, but it was just something about Justin Fields that- and under pressure. And I, you know, Pat Fitzgerald had a great defensive call. Like everything was like rolling their way. The blitzes were getting home. Ohio State couldn't do anything. And I'm just thinking, like, if Northwestern had an offense, this game wouldn't even be fucking close. Like, Ohio State would have gotten, you know, Purdue or Iowa that, that day. That's what that felt like. I was like, yep. I had that pit in my stomach like I did against Iowa where you're like, I can't do anything about it. He's like watching a, a train wreck and your eyes are, are peeled open. And, um, and if it wasn't for Trey Sermon – uh, I don't know, breaking Eddie George's single-game rushing record, uh, Ohio State would definitely be uh, thinking about the, I don't know, Peach Bowl or something, you know, whatever bowl they'd be playing in. Um, citrus, orange, I don't know. Yeah, one of those bowls. Anyway, um, keys to victory for Ohio State. Okay, um, Justin Fields has to have his best game all year. He's got to play like he did against at least – 
offensively like he did early on in the season or against Michigan State. Um, they've got to be they got to be synced up. Um, offensive line obviously needs to to be to be making some making some holes like they did against Northwestern. I think we can run on Clemson. Um, I just don't think we can like outduel them. That's the thing. So if I like my worries on on defense, you know, they don't run ETN like up the middle. He's not like a like ground and pound back. He's like let's get him out and speed or out in space and like let his speed go to work, catching passes out of the backfield. Um, the RPOs for Trevor Lawrence, if we all recall last year, that's really what killed Ohio State was that one long run that Trevor Lawrence had when everyone bit inside and he just like kept it and, and, and ran outside and ran for like 50 yards. So um, I don't know Clemson offensively, as far as like their receivers go, they've got, what is it? Is it Amari Rogers? Am I saying that? Is that who that is? Their slot receiver? Am Mm -hmm. I making that name up? It sounds, it sounds right. No, Um, no, yeah, he's, you know, I think he's their leading receiver. Um, He's going to be an interesting matchup. I don't know. Again, Sean Wade is our slot or was our slot corner last year. Um, he's moved out to outside. I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to bring him in, but then that leaves somebody on the outside um, to kind of to you know obviously be be wide open. So I don't know. I'm all for the whole like Dabo versus Ryan Day thing. I think that's great. I think you know I was always told like it's not a rivalry until you beat them. Uh, we haven't beat Clemson. So I think we have to come out and like we can establish the run, get that going and and somehow our interior defensive line, they've been playing great all year. They can just continue to get pressure and not really, you know, they didn't really get home to Trevor Lawrence a lot. They had to run those blitzes. Boy, I'm rambling right now. I just uh we'll see. I don't know. Like I can over overplay this in my head a thousand different times. I'm just I don't think any of it's gonna work, honestly. I think I think Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, they're just too good. I think it's Bama and Clemson part, what, four or five. So we'll see. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a good game. I just think, uh, like I said, Clemson's got too much on both sides of the ball. Bobby, what's uh, what's your thoughts and uh, maybe a prediction on it? Yeah, I, you know, seeing Clemson play against my team twice this year, um, right, Bryce kind of mentioned it with last year's Trevor Lawrence touchdown run. That's the difference maker on their offense. That's what they missed when they played at South Bend in November. They didn't have a quarterback run game, so they just keyed on ETN and we shut him down that game. This game, ETN, they got him to the outside instead of trying to run him up the middle. And then obviously Lawrence pulled it. He pulls it every other um, option, it feels like. And he had a long touchdown run just as ETN did. So that that's the X factor on the offense for them. Um, you know, I think they – like Amari Rogers, he's a good receiver. EJ Williams from Clemson also is incredible. He's got size and speed. And then their offensive line, they're a young offensive line. I think this is their first year as a whole collective starter. They'll have like 12 or 13 total starts. But they can get up on you and get to the second level pretty quickly. Uh, very athletic. Clemson's defense, the defensive line is Excellent. They'll be without Nolan Turner for the first half. I believe he was called for targeting against the Irish. In the These are safety, half. right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. the one who had to get the, the game ceiling pick last year. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, they'll be without him for the first half for targeting. Uh, so I think Ohio State has a chance. Ohio State can definitely put the points on him. I, I have no, no doubt they'll be able to match him score for score. Um, seeing Ohio State play 
they played in that 12 o'clock slot almost every game this year. So I was able to watch them quite a bit. And then obviously watching the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern. You know, I, I said they were going to do whatever they wanted Northwestern and was completely wrong. Northwestern's defense was awesome. And then, you know, if Northwestern had an offense, like you said, that game would have been a lot closer going into that fourth quarter. So I'm kind of worried about Ohio State's defense. I don't think they'll be able to contain the run game, um, especially if they're going to be getting going to the outside. Um, man, I, I really want Ohio State to win. I'm sick of Clemson. Um, I know what it takes to beat them from watching my team, but everything has got to go your way. and You have to score touchdowns on offense. You can't take field goals against them either. Um, I, I think – I think I know Clemson probably has the upper hand in this one. Um, so I th- I got Clemson by 10, but it's not what I want. Yeah. Uh, just for uh, all those degenerates out there, Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite in the total on this game at time recording 66 and a half. Um, has it, I mean, has that line moved at all since it's been out? I, I, it might've went up to Clemson by a half point, but I actually, I think this line's going to keep going up. So I think if you are going to bet Ohio State, you might get it closer uh, to ten on game days. You know, I I just think, yeah, you know, Clemson's one of those. And I would say maybe the same thing with Notre Dame and and Alabama in the first semifinal. I think both the top two teams uh, could be heavily bet um, on game day. So if you do want to take the dog in both games, I think you know value wise, um, you might have a little more wiggle room with the spread there. So, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think Clemson, they're, they're great. Obviously Lawrence is a generational talent, so they're going to put up points. It's not going to be like last year where both teams were kind of, you know, they both had great quarterbacks, obviously, but uh, that, that game I thought, and it ended up being going into, it was going to be a defensive type game. This one, it's going to be offensive. And I definitely think Ohio state provided uh, fields plays well. The, they can score on this team uh, and, and make it a track meet, I think. Um, weirdly, I I don't know. It feels to me he hasn't been as sharp this year. I mean, early in the year, he barely threw an incompletion, but as the years or as, as the year of the season has gone on later and later, I don't know if it's because Ohio State has had to set out a few games here or there, but some of the timing's off. He's kind of holding the ball long and, and just taking sacks or, or or throwing balls laid on the run across the middle and getting intercepted. You know, it's just not the sharpness um, that you need. Um, yeah. And there's times where like you I, want him to run the ball. You're like, or you're like fucking throw the ball away, but then like he'll hold on to it too long. And then obviously like gain 16 yards. You're like, all right, great. <laughs> so it's, it's weird. It's like this like fine line of like, don't fuck up, but also like we need you to like, pull something out of your ass every now and then. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I the the key for me offensively for Ohio State, I I think they need to get him involved in the run game. Yep. Just that that added dimension it, it, it's hell on defenses and if you allow Clemson to get you in third and medium, third and long, you know Venables is going to bring that pressure. And the one thing I went back and watched the game from last year a couple nights ago. Oh god. Dobbins Dobbins was so fucking good, so good in blitz pickup. And I don't know if Teague or Sermon are what he was in the blitz pickup game. So I think that could be the chess match to watch in this game is 
third and long Ohio State going up against that Brent Venables defense. They're going to bring pressure. I mean, Notre Dame, um, I think they kept, they managed those situations well in the first meeting and then the second meeting in the ACC title game of, of 10 days ago or whatever it was, uh, they didn't. So, and I think, honestly, that's the key. High State defensively, I, I, I just think they need to kind of do the same thing. Get Clemson in third and longs and just play coverage and hope your back end holds up. Well, obviously, Sean Wade, he's going to be a high draft pick, but that Ohio State secondary to me is kind of the weakness uh, or is the weakness of this team. And, um, you know, if if Clemson's in these third and medium and third and shorts where they can run or throw it and keep Ohio State's defense guessing, it's not going to be a good recipe. But I'm going to zig, zag, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to take the points, though, because I weirdly – think Ohio State's getting kind of healthy COVID-wise at the right time. And I do think them playing six games is sort of an advantage. Not as many bumps and bruises. I know it's a two-week layoff for Clemson as well. But, you know, fresh legs, maybe we saw that with Sermon running wild on Northwestern in that game. I I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to, I guess, we'll never know or maybe we will come Friday, but I, I think fresh legs across the board might prove well. I think it's going to be close. I think Clemson wins a, a close one. It's going to be a shootout again. I kind of like the over in this one, and gun the head, I'd take a Ohio State plus the 7.5. I, I think Clemson wins like 48, 44, 44, 41, somewhere in that, that kind of range. I think we get a classic. Boy, that'd be something else. I just hope it's not a uh, 31 nothing like embarrassment, which, who knows, it could be yeah, so it seems like we're all on the uh, the thing we don't want the most, which I'm I'm in a rock and a hard place personally here because you know I can't have my two biggest rivals play for a national championship, but then again, like I like the rest of the country uh, outside of Clemson, South Carolina, and Tuscaloosa, Alabama is probably not wanting to see that matchup again. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. And um, I don't know. Definitely uh, can't wait to watch these ones on Friday. So, um, awkwardly. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, we're both like, God, we're about to get our like, asses kicked or something. I don't know. It's just like, get ready for your I, I funeral. The, like, I don't know. Like, I'm excited. I'm the, just like, I don't know. The group, the group text right. will be popping. That's for sure. True. Or maybe, maybe not. not. I yeah. don't know. Like, like Bobby might just drink himself into a coma. And, um, I'm actually going to be in the hills of Hawking County uh, for, oh, for this. Coming one. Yep, coming home for it. Yep, actually, uh, just a little little Christmas gift. You know, I just said, "Hey, honey, let's uh, let's get, let's get away." Where where have you always wanted to go? Uh, how about Hawking County? No, we're not visiting family. We're doing a little uh, a little chalet out in the hills. Um, beautiful area yeah, yeah pretty area you know we got the uh we got one of these places with the we got like a sauna on the inside you know the little steam room so you know if ohio, if ohio state's getting waxed at halftime or something or by halftime i might go take a little steam little schvitz you know and uh sweat it out come back for the second half who knows maybe by then that uh the cleanse works the, the cleanse will just like cleanse my soul and my system and uh, if all else fails, you know, I'll go, like, chop some wood outside and start a fire. Um, 
So there's a good chance I might not have any service. So I know there's Wi-Fi, but maybe I won't connect to it and just say, fuck it. I'm going to leave the world and go howl with the coyotes or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I, 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 I'm prepared for, for these kind of losses. I've dealt with them almost seemingly every year. Uh, so I've already dealt with one this year. Another one, it's just another loss. If we win, it'll be the best one in program history. So it, it could go either way for me. Yeah, this Ohio State Clemson is starting to become like the Florida Michigan of the of like the bowl season. It just seems like they're always paired against each other. And I'm like, man, like what why? Why Clemson? Every like I At least you guys didn't fucking say, Hey, we haven't played you guys enough. Let's have a season opener against you guys, like we did with Florida three years ago. Right. Let's do it. Which I mean, let's, Michigan won, but still. Let's do it somewhere Just else. Like, let's not do it a home and home. Let's play in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So, NFL, let's move on. Um, I want to go over these playoff scenarios, and then we could talk about some Week 17 games and um, that. You know, we'll do some New Year stuff at the end of the pod. But in the NFC, we got Green Bay, Saints, Seahawks, and Buccaneers have all clinched um, a berth. So those four, no matter what happens in Week 17, they will be playoff teams. Um, Arizona, they clinch a berth with a win or a tie and a Bears loss. Let's go to Dallas. Dallas, they can win their division with a win or a Washington loss or tie or Dallas tie and a Washington loss. So are we, we keeping up so far? Mm-hmm. Yep. I got it. Okay. Let's go to Chicago. They clinch a berth with a win or an Arizona loss or they tie or, or Arizona. Hold on. I'm looking at the wrong page again. Okay. Chicago, the Bears, they're in if they win. Or Arizona loses. Or <laughs> Chicago and Arizona both tie. Then Chicago gets the nod And that one. Let's go to Green Bay. They have home field on the line. Green Bay, they can win or tie and they get home field. Or if Seattle loses, the Packers get the first round bye. The L.A. Rams, they clinch with a win or tie. Or Chicago loses or Chicago ties. Saints, they get a first-round bye, the one seed, with a win. They need Green Bay to lose and Seattle to win. So very, very confusing. The Giants win the NFC East with a win and a Washington loss. Seattle can get the number one seed. They need to win. They need a New Orleans loss or tie and a Green Bay loss. And Washington finally gets in with a win or they tie and Dallas loses or ties. So do we understand the NFC scenario? I think it's crystal clear. Okay. Now let's go to, let's go to Bobby first. What, <laughs> who do you think is going to be the seven NFC playoff teams? You don't have to, you don't have to give the seeds. If, I mean, you can, if you want to, but um, I guess you're picking who's going to win the East and who's going to get, that last wild card first. All right. Um, so the East, I think it all depends on who plays quarterback for the Washington football team. I mean, they just released Dwayne Haskins today, so he's obviously not playing. Um, 
Alex Smith been hurt a few times um, since coming back from almost a right leg amputation. So there's a chance he could play. Or they have this other guy who I'm not sure people know even know who his name is yet. So I, with them playing the Eagles, if, if Alex Smith plays, they win and they're in. So that's the East there. Um, in the rest of the thing, rest of it here, obviously, like I said, New Orleans, Seattle, Green Bay, they're all in. Tampa Bay's in. And it comes down to six and seven, and playing with the playoff machine here. Um, I got the Cardinals winning because Jared Goff is out. Uh, he's had thumb surgery, it looks like. So I got the Cardinals beating the Rams. And then I have the Bears beating the Packers and sneaking in in the sixth seed. So it'd be Bears six, Arizona seven. Um, and then obviously I have New Orleans uh, winning and taking the first seed. Seattle winning, they would get number two. And Green Bay with a loss goes to number three. So my, my, my NFC is New Orleans with a bye, Seattle, Arizona, Green Bay, Chicago, and Washington, Tampa Bay as the, the first-round matchups. Bryce, do you have any oh, no. difference? No, I don't. I, I think Washington will take care of business. Um, I think the Cardinals are a, a fun team. I think they're a scary team when they get in the playoffs. I think it'll be fun to watch them play and then – yeah, you know, just with the Packers being able to to clinch, or they, I guess, you know, have the playoff spot, um, I could see the Bears just just balling out and trip Mitch Mitch Trubisky just leading the team to playoffs like we thought, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, this might sound weird, but I don't give a shit about the NFC. I'm so invested on the other side. It's just like whatever, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm I, I guess like. The fact that Washington could make the playoffs it makes me happy, just because of you know, the the Buckeyes. Well, now down one, but uh, scary Terry and, and Chase Young, who's having another, just like a monster fucking year, and probably going to be a defensive rookie of the year. I have to imagine so that'll make what three in a row for Ohio State, three or four in a row, something like that. So, which isn't just stupid, but uh, yeah, I like that. I like that, and I like the. I think the Cardinals are going to make a little run in the playoffs. That's just kind of my gut. Uh, I um, I yeah, I think the West the West gets three teams in. Um, I think I think Green Bay is going to go go for the number one seed because they they need a win. And I think we saw it last night on the Sunday night game. The you know without having too many crowds and stuff like that, just the the natural elements that could come in the play throughout the playoffs. I think is a real distinct advantage. Um, you know if we get New Orleans. Going into Green Bay in in a month or whatever uh, for an NFC title game, that's just a huge advantage for for that ball club. So I think you know they're not going to send anybody out. So I, I think they eliminate the Bears. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I I kind of want to be right, even though like that team's decimated, of course, with the Dak injury. But I, I think it'd be hilarious. Uh, I think Bryce was riding with me. We were kind of. Lockstep, we love the Cowboys going into this yeah. year, and I think it'd be funny them winning the division. Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't really amount to anything. Um, I do think if Washington gets in, though, they can be a tasty underdog to bet bet for because that defense is, is is fucking lights out, uh, like you just mentioned. So um, that that might be tasty, but yeah, I I, I have uh, Green Bay taking the one. Um, I'll I'll take Dallas to win their division, and I think uh, Rams, Cardinals, 
I'll get in uh, to the wild card spots in the NFC. Um, AFC, Bills, Steelers, both division winners, and the Chiefs have clinched the first round uh, playoffs. Now, the AFC is insane. Um, I'll just get through the scenarios here. Baltimore, they clinch a berth with a win or a Cleveland loss or an Indy loss. Then there's ties that factor in Baltimore tie plus a Miami loss or a Baltimore tie and a Tennessee loss, Baltimore tie and a Cleveland tie or a Baltimore tie and a Colts tie. So, but I mean, I'm going to go through all these, but it, I guess it all doesn't matter because if all these AFC teams win, I think the Dolphins are the ones setting out. So here's Cleveland scenario. They win, they're in. Or the Colts lose. Or a Tennessee loss, a Miami winner tie, or a Baltimore winner tie. Scenario four, Cleveland tie and Baltimore loss, or Cleveland tie and Miami loss. Or a Cleveland tie and a Tennessee loss, Cleveland tie and a Colts tie. In the final scenario, Cleveland ties plus Tennessee ties plus Baltimore wins plus Miami wins. Confusing, Very. but with me still, right? Yeah, I guess. All right, the Colts can still win their division. They need a win and a Tennessee Titans loss or tie, or the Colts can tie and the Titans lose. They clinch a berth with a win and a Baltimore win or, or a Baltimore loss or tie, also with a Cleveland loss or tie or a Miami loss or tie. If Indy ties, Baltimore has to lose, Cleveland has to lose, or Miami has to lose. Miami, they clinch, obviously, to win. They need a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or a Colts loss. If the, the, or the Dolphins tie, Baltimore needs to tie. Cleveland needs to tie. Colts need to tie. Or Tennessee loses. Titans, they will clinch the division with a win or a Colts loss. And if the Titans tie, they need Indy to tie or lose. Tennessee clinches playoff berth with a Baltimore loss, Miami loss, Titans could tie, the Browns can lose, or the Dolphins could tie, or the or the Ravens could tie. Okay, so there there. That's all the scenarios. Like I said, I think the Dolphins they would need the most help uh going into this one. So I'll throw it to Bryce here first. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen this week? Give me your seven AFC playoff teams. God, I think it's. So what we've got? We've got the division winners: Bills, Bills, Steelers, Chiefs locked in. Yeah, so those three. And the Chiefs are locked into the one. God damn it! Like I'm so sick to my stomach with this, you guys. The fact, like, <laughs> and by the way, like that. <laughs> I know we're not going to, like, dive into it, but, man, that fucking Raiders game. Like, if the Raiders win, the Browns are in. But, nope, they didn't. They had to fuck around and, like, do some bullshit. Like, or if you guys would have yeah, beat or the we Raiders beat the or, fucking, or, yeah, or if we would have beat <laughs> the fucking Jets. Or, yeah. That, that, was a, that was a tough ass, man. That really was. Like, I don't know why Cleveland didn't just say, like, Hey, league, I, I get it. It's, we're getting right around the playoffs here, but I mean, 
a whole our whole receiving core is ineligible to play. We we can't play this. I game. guess because nobody was actually positive. It was like all this like contract <sighs> shit, like contract tracing, contact tracing. That, that like anyway. Um yeah, so those three, and then I guess I'll take what Colts, Colts, Titans, Browns, Ravens. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So, you, so you got the Dolphins being the odd man sure. out. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Bob, Bobby. How say you? Um. Yeah. So, like I said, Kansas City's first. Um, go with the. I got the Bills losing tonight to the Patriots. Bills have already clinched the East, so they're in no matter what. They'll get a home game. I got the Bills losing tonight. I got the Dolphins beating the Bills next on uh, this Sunday too. Uh, so I got the Dolphins in. Um, the other teams: Steelers, Titans, Bills, and then Ravens and Browns all in. Is that too many? So no Colts, right? No Colts. Oh, you got the Jaguars beating the Colts next week. <laughs> Damn. Well, what I've got if if the Bills lose tonight, Dolphins. Oh, win. you're on the playoff machine. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm, I was kind of already chalking up a Bills win tonight. So, okay, keep going. You're uh, right. Yeah. Then, yeah. Be good. Yeah. So, if the Bills win or lose tonight, it doesn't affect them. Next or on Sunday, I got the Dolphins winning, the Ravens winning, the Browns winning, the Colts winning, Titans all winning, and with that goes Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore. <laughs> field. So you would you would have Browns Bills going to Pittsburgh or, or Browns Bills and the and the wild card Bra- Browns Bills. Huh. <laughs> all right, I. I don't know. I I think if you look at the schedule, like I think the Colts and the and the Ravens are no brainers. I mean, Cincinnati they they're kind of hot, as weird as that sounds. Uh, I, I think uh, their coach Zach Taylor definitely has kind of like saved his job weirdly. Um, so, but I I you know the Colts, the Jags. I mean, the Jags could still win, and and they have the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes already wrapped up and clinched. So. But um, Colts at home, they gotta avenge that loss. That's another one. If if the Colts could have a redo, go back to that Week One game and 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 beat the Jags like you're supposed to, you're not really sweating this week the way the season's played out. But I'd say Ravens, the Colts are dead shuns. Now I think Pittsburgh kind of kind of seals your fate or doesn't this week, Bryce, because obviously the buy's off the table, but I think Pittsburgh could kind of play their starters. But if you look at the Vegas line right now, Cleveland is a seven-point favorite. I think that's some intel where Pittsburgh probably rests some of their starters or a lot of their starters. Yeah, Bobby, what does Tomlin usually do in these like situations? I don't know. Um. You know, in years past, we've rested players and it's come back to bite us. You know, in 2017, we rested week 17. We played the Jaguars in round one, and that was that high-scoring 49-42 game that just broke the Steelers. So I, I think he'll actually play everyone, especially with how we played in the last few weeks. You need to have a consistent team going into the playoffs. 
So I, I feel like we're going to play everyone. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, and then if you look, the Dolphins go into uh, into Buffalo. Um, right now, Buffalo is a two and a half point favorite. And that one comes Sunday. Checking a weather forecast here, and it doesn't. ESPN doesn't have any data on that one. So, because usually Miami going to a cold climate eh, doesn't really pan out too well for them historically. So. You know, like I said, though, if I think, and Bobby, maybe you can do this real quick. I think if the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts, and throw the and the and throw the Titans in there, if they all win, all the teams that hasn't locked up a berth, I think they all win. Then the Dolphins are the odd men sitting out. Yeah, if the Bills win too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you would. It'd be uh, Buffalo, the mm-hmm. two seed, with Indy, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, round one, Tennessee, Baltimore, round one. I I think that could be the scenario at play. That there's just and I guess you know betting lines and spreads and stuff like that can change. But I mean, this Cleveland, how was it seven, seven point how? favor? That that makes me think that the the Vegas has intel that Pittsburgh might set some people out. I mean. Is Big Ben like what's what's going on with him? Is he but I do, like banged I up do or what? Bobby, I do agree with Bobby. Like they kind of limped home down the stretch and kind of flipped the switch in the second half, and it might be, you know, the thing to do on their part is to to try to keep you know the little bit of or the big momentum they built up in the second half that Colts game yesterday up and carry it into Week 17 and carry that into the playoffs. So I don't know that that line's weird. Um, so I mean, I don't honestly know. like my mentality and like, I just, the Browns are in the playoffs already. Like they're there. Like they have to now just win out. Right. Like, I mean, like that's just, they made the playoffs. Yeah. They got to keep if they winning. win. They're in. It doesn't matter what, what other, you know, you don't have to scoreboard watch as a Browns fan, just like, if you take care of business Sunday. Yeah, like, the mentality is like, okay, we're already in the playoffs, now what? We got to win. Like, just keep winning. So, I don't know if, like, that thought process, like, makes sense. Like, win, like, they must win now. They have to win. They just have to keep winning. So, I don't know, guys. It's just, like, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe, like, if they don't win, <laughs> like, then they had another 10-win season. And didn't make the playoffs, and you look over at like the NFC wild card, and you're like, "God damn it!" Like the Browns would have clinched. Not even the not even yeah, the wild yeah, card. The NFC the Browns East. swept. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they swept what the AFC South, NFC, NFC East. Yeah, just but somehow going to miss the playoffs. So, true Browns fashion. I just. I just hope everybody's healthy and ready to go, and the Browns can put them away. God. Yeah, I think you know me not having really a dog in the fight. I I think a lot of people out there are rooting, rooting for the Browns uh, to get in the playoffs, and would kind of be happy if the Browns and or the Bills made a a deep run uh, in the playoffs. You know, kind of the two franchises. Let's. Diehard fans, blue collar cities, 
just kind of kind of stuff you want to root for. So that that's where I'm at. I, I'm rooting for the Browns to get in, and uh, either them or the Bills to make a run um, in the playoffs. So you know, I guess we'll just we, we can if you guys want to break that game down. I mean, I, we kind of already did. I kind of went over all the scenarios, so there's really no need to do like a week seventeen preview here. But um, I guess I'll throw it to Bobby first. What do you think happens in that game Sunday afternoon? Between your Brown or your Steelers and, and Bryce's Browns, yeah, I think it all depends on if if we start our players or rest our players. You know, Ben's dealing with some injuries. You know, we're getting a few guys back on defense. Vince Williams and Robert Splane both come back in the middle linebacker core, so that kind of shores us up there. But they haven't played in two and four weeks respectively, so you kind of want them to get in there and play. So I think I think our defense will play. I think everyone on our defense will play. If they rest anyone, I would say it might be like Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt. That'd be about it. Just to get the defensive line depth some more reps. Offensively, I yeah. The second half of that game, obviously I didn't have it on TV. I was just kind of following along on red zone. So from what I've read, that the Colts were calling out um, our, our offensive coordinator's plays in the first half, which, I mean – if you study your team good enough, study their film and the scouting report, you can do that anyways. But it just furthers the narrative that our offensive coordinator is probably the worst in the NFL. So, I, and I don't know. I, I feel like the Browns went at home. Um, I feel like they were underprepared for the first matchup uh, going into Pittsburgh. And the, the tear they'd been on up until they lost to the Jets this past weekend, um, they were showing everything of being – a AFC championship game team. So I, I got the Browns actually win in this game probably by oh seven God. or 10 points just because the Steelers, <laughs> Steelers, we just, if, if we let our offensive coordinator call it like he's going to call it, it's going to be a long day for us. I feel like the only thing they need to do is just get a rhythm going into the playoffs and that'll be good enough for them. Uh, we've got the North locked up. We've got a playoff spot locked up. So it's really, there's nothing really at stake for us here. So it's just kind of like, what do you do? So I got the Browns giving it everything they got in this game and winning. <sighs> um, <laughs> either way, like Sunday at four fifteen, I'm I'm crying. I'm crying one way or another. Like legit. Like if the Browns, if the Browns win and make the playoffs, like the last time they were in the fucking playoffs, I was in eighth grade. Like get out of here. Like I've waited so long for this. It was like just the shit we've been through as a just the laughing stock of the NFL, just the doormat. Everyone shits on us. We finally put our, put some stuff together. We get a quarterback. We get a coach. It looks like he can fucking actually call some plays and get the team motivated. And like we come out and we actually win fucking ten games and we finish it and make the playoffs. Man, I'll be I'll be an emotional wreck. Now, if the Browns. Let fucking Mason Rudolph throw all over him and blow the game over some bullshit like forward fumble bullshit like last game. Then yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be drunk and I'm probably gonna leave the house. Not in my car, but like I'll walk. I'll just start walking, and I won't come home until dinner. I don't know. As far as any any like what's going to happen in the game when the Browns played the Steelers 
what was that week week seven week eight yeah uh, around there yeah something like that um you know baker got off to a really bad start with that pick six again you know to, to minka um they were trying to play catch up by not establishing a run uh nick chubb was hurt um what OBJ was was he still no he was out right he didn't play. was he out by then I'm trying to think maybe like they were just coming off of like that like that injury no he got Did hurt he against Cincinnati hurt in that game? but it was like okay yeah he's been, he been out for three out weeks. weeks so maybe they were still trying to find some identity and without Nick Chubb that was really tough to do so um, it's crazy it sounds you know the Browns the biggest player like they're missing was Wyatt Teller. Their, their right guard. You could tell we had a safety, I think, or a safety, our, our rookie uh, offensive guard slash center. I think it's Nick Harris from Washington. He's playing. He didn't really look that great. And then Jedrick Wills were at, was out. So we had, God, I don't even remember his name, playing left tackle. So we were just thin um, against the Jets. So we get everybody in and know it's a must win in, in Cleveland, one o'clock game. Against your division rival, like look if you if you can't if you can't beat the Steelers for that, then they don't. It's not their year. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. Like, gotta take care of business. Um, but Stefanski's gonna throw everything out. Like the playbook's gonna be wide open. Um, they're gonna do what they usually do. But I'm just like, don't be su- surprised if Jarvis Landry throws the ball. Like, don't don't be surprised if they run a fake punt. Like something crazy. Like just. If they get down early, um, I, the only thing I can hope for is that they, if the Steelers get up a little bit and then take their starters out and the Browns can sneak in and, like, finish the game and win, that's all I'm hoping for. Or Big Ben gets the shits or something like Lamar Jackson did. That's that's all I got with that. Please, God, let them fucking win. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. It, it's very, uh, obviously, crowded. With the AFC race, so um, you know, I should be interesting to see how it plays out. I'll, you know, definitely next week we'll be back to uh, talk about the the semifinals of the college football playoff and preview Wild Card Weekend. But one final thing of business: we didn't have Tim Allen trivia, but we do have a New Year's Eve uh, in a mere what three days. Uh, so this is New Year's Eve slash New Year's. We're gonna kind of do what we did for Thanksgiving to end the pod and just kind of bandy about uh, some of the do's and don'ts, um, some of the traditions we uh, we have for New Year's. Um, I guess we'll start with the food category first. Um, I'll throw it to Bryce first. What, what's, uh, you know, what's on the menu? Um, and, you know, if there's a traditional New Year's dish, that is not on the menu. Why? Um, why not? Why do you hate it? Things of that nature. Um. All right. So as far as like New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day, like I'll just kind of go over like usually what I'm having. Um. And like this is like what I did as a kid, and like I've kind of incorporated a little bit of that into my, you know, into my, um, like adult life. So I'll say. New Year's Eve is definitely like hors d'oeuvres, you know, uh, like a, you have a cheese ball, um, like shrimp cocktail, um, you know, 
the 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 meats, the 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 charcuterie type stuff, crackers. Um, New Year's Day, you know, I I'm probably not going to do it this year just because we're we're, we're going to be away, and not in our own kitchen. I don't want to like transport sauerkraut, but you know, normally I'm a, a pork and sauerkraut, mashed potatoes guy, uh, gravy. Um, you know, usually you, you eat that right around three o'clock, right when the Rose Bowl start. And that's kind of how it's always been, uh, in my family, um, this year with obviously no Rose Bowl and us being away, uh, we're going to, um, partake in the best meal you can find in Hawking County and that's pizza crossing. So I'm going to do a little pizza crossing on, on, uh, on the first and, um, watch watch the playoffs with little pizza crossing so that's kind of my thing but nothing like specific but definitely pork and sauerkraut my parents always made me eat sauerkraut as a kid i hated it now i don't mind it especially if it's on a brat um i still remember like vivid memories of me literally eating sauerkraut and vomiting while the like legit like throwing up because i i I was like i don't want to eat it i'm not going to eat it and they made like my dad like literally held me down and made me fucking eat sauerkraut I still am like kind of traumatized and like why he would do that. Like I don't get he's like, it's good luck, damn it. So anyway, um watching Ohio State lose to Florida State, and I think it was like the ninety seven Sugar Bowl, and like that was obviously I don't I don't it might have been like Peter Works like sophomore year, Peter Bullware, I think might have been playing in that game, maybe not. But it was just like fucking bad Ohio well, a decent Ohio State team, but like just getting their ass kicked, laying on the couch, vomiting, sauerkraut and watching that game. So that's that's what I that's what I'm all about for for the holidays. Bobby, what about your menu? Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve, same thing. It's just like like small things: cheese and crackers, uh, the charcuterie, um, obviously a couple bottles of champagne or prosecco, what have you. Uh, just kind of going into the new year. New Year's Day, though, um, same thing. Like growing up, my parents it was pork chops and sauerkraut. Um, this year I'm, I'm changing it up a little bit. I'm going to do ribs instead, but still have sauerkraut and mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, just because there wasn't any good looking pork chops at the store. So I was like, you know what? I know how to make ribs pretty good. We'll go ahead and do that. Um, so weather should be good. Fire up the smoker for that. So that'll be something a little bit different this year change up from the, the pork. Um, but during the day, wake up in the morning, mimosas, bloody Marys, um, have those, um, Lead have those all the way up that and shrimp cocktail all the way up until the rose bowl starts and your ribs should be ready by then and then from there it's just kind of a crapshoot like just picking up everything that's been left over from christmas and everything left over from the night before um it all just kind of gets either eaten or thrown away at that time so that's kind of kind of my routine there okay well i am very controversial i think maybe when it comes to new year's i um I mean, I love the Rose Bowl and stuff like that, but that comes with New Year's Day traditionally. But New Year's Eve, I wasn't ever really a big New Year's Eve guy. Still not. I mean, I like champagne, but I like cheap champagne, if that makes sense. Um, yes. Andre. Very very much on the Andre side. Um, as for New Year's, <laughs> I guess uh, my family, they would always do um, cabbage rolls and, and kraut. Um, and then I'm not a fan really of either of those. So I kind of had, I guess, a special, oh, they would do like spare ribs too. So you can't really hate on spare ribs. So I guess that would be my do spare ribs. Also, we would do, uh, the mini cocktail weenies 
and barbecue sauce every New Year's. Have a big crock pot of those. So again, huge fan of those. So that that that's kind of my go to. Now this year, um, I'm I'm gonna go to my buddy Mitch's up in Lancaster, and there is um, numerous pizza options and wing options up there. We might do a little roosters takeout, maybe some pizza crossing from Lancaster, which is not as good as the Logan one. But I got the pizza cottage you know, up there. The, there's pizza cottage. And um, last time I was up, up there, um, we had sugar bears pizza and it is a, a nice pie. Very tasty as well. So uh, this year I have those kind of options uh, to me. So, you know, just going to, hang with him, watch the games and stuff like that on New Year's. But um, my my final question, I guess, like, have you ever been, like, the bang the pots and pans type person, watch the New Year's rock and eat as an adult or whatever? I guess, you know, the pots and pans thing as a kid, kid activity and stuff like that. But now, are, are, you, are you settling in to watch the ball drop? Um Bobby, I'll start with you. Just your your opinions and thoughts on that. Yeah. So, like, all throughout, like, middle school and high school, like, my entire family, like, our entire Logan clan and surrounding areas, we would rent out two lanes of the bowling alley in Logan, and they would have that, like, playing <laughs> awesome. above the lanes. And then it'd be like my uncle's like sneaking me beers and then me passing out like on the ride home at like 2 a.m. 10 year old Bobby. So that, that was kind of, that was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, drink a sip of this beer. And I was like, hey, you had a good time already. this year, bud. <laughs> Bobby yeah. bowled a minus seven. What's up? What's up with him? He's even playing on the bumpers. He can't keep it in between the lanes. Yeah. Uncle Fred's fucking handing him Jack Daniel shots and keeping all over his Jerome Bettis and Cordell Stewart jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah so we know it always be on there it's something that never really interested me to this day it still doesn't i think i get more interested in like the rose bowl parade and like the thanksgiving day parade those i find those much more enjoyable and interesting than the rock and new year's eve because you're going on a down slope with the new year's eve you get to the new year's then when you have the parades in the morning that's kind of like on the upset of things. You're starting out drinking, you're having brunch, having breakfast, and then it just leads into a full day of eating. On New Year's Day, you have the parade, and you've got, you know, like the uh, Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, whichever one's earlier. You usually have a few, like, lesser ones, like the Citrus Bowl, those 12 o'clock games. And you get to the Rose Bowl at 5, and it's usually the Sugar Bowl at night. So that's just kind of like the perfect college football bowl day. So I'm not a big fan of it. Um, we'll probably stay up till midnight and probably go to bed right away. Just because, I mean, being at home, not really having anybody over, we can't really socialize with people outside of my wife and my dog. So it's pretty much going to be it for this year. How about you, um, Yeah, like as a kid, I feel like maybe like every couple years, like I would, I would be all about it. Most of the time, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'd watch the shows and stuff, but really not not give a shit i don't know what it is um as as an adult i guess my uh senior year of high school um i went like uh i went to new york city actually for um over new year's eve and um my brother had a friend who had a had an apartment that was just like three blocks away from times square to where you could um 
like we had to be inside our apartment by seven o'clock or else we couldn't like actually cross the streets because they started blocking things off. So we had to like be in there early. Um, I still remember being able to like hear the music outside, like the people singing and stuff, like all the acts and then like the, like the tape delay, like the difference. Cause that, that was kind of cool. Um, so I'm glad I got to like experience <laughs> New York city, like, like not out in the middle of Times Square, but like really fucking close where you could peek your head out and kind of like look down there and see, see everything. So I'll never, I'll never do that again. I've got no, no like inkling to try to do that again. What a fucking mess. Just so many people and stuff. But, uh, you know, I've, I've done the, like, you know, you pay, you know, go to the bar, like down when we were down in Austin and stuff, like go, you know, pay like a hundred bucks to get in. It's like, you know, free champagne and like, you know, free couple of drinks and that type of thing. That was fun. Um, now I think once I hit like 28, 29, 30, now I'm 31. Um, wait, no, I'm 32 now. Fuck. Uh, oh, yeah, God. scary. Um, <laughs> literally that's how my year has been. I'm like, I don't even know how fucking old I am. So anyway, now that I'm, Same now that I'm 32, Christ, um, the only way I'm up is if my if my son like happens to like start crying around midnight, I'll probably wake up. But man, I'll be in bed by probably ten thirty. Um, the shows just don't do it for me. They're so cheesy, and I'm like, who gives a shit? Like they're cringeworthy. Um, you know, I'm over this year, but I'm still not gonna like wait up for this like thing to drop. And like, if I was single, I'd be all about it. But now I'm just like, yeah, too old for this stuff. So, um, yeah, and and the Rose Bowl parade, obviously, it was always something. Um, it was always exciting to watch. And the fact that when I was uh, out, I think I've definitely mentioned this before, but when I was out in Pasadena for the out in LA for the Rose bowl, uh, I did get, I did get really sick the night before. Um, and my wife and I, uh, did not make it to the Rose bowl parade, um, that morning because I was vomiting and, and shitting all over my, uh, Hollywood hotel. So, um, parents went, the one thing it's miss like the misconception is, Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's L.A., yada, yada. But Pasadena is like, you know, northeast L.A. and like up kind of up in the mountains. And like they were freezing their asses off. It was like 40 degrees. It's like you have to get out there like and get in your seats by like six, seven in the morning. And it's just it's like you're just sitting there for three hours. And I'm like, uh, you know, it doesn't really sound super appealing. So I don't want to say I'm glad I missed it because I was definitely hurting not from a hangover from eating sea bass <laughs> the night before um but yeah maybe one day i'll make it back out there when ohio state plays but um that's it guys that's that's new year's for me nothing special yeah i like i mentioned with the food not a big new year's guy um i mean i remember friends family friends and stuff like that partying before um uh, or when I was a kid on New Year's night and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I never really got into the show, whatever network, all that stuff. So, I, I you know, to me, it's, I get, I guess, the, the tradition of the sentiment, but it's kind of just another another day in a way. You're um, basically so Lieutenant yeah. Dan sitting at, <laughs> at the bar, just yeah. like staring. <laughs> yeah. Happy I New mean, Year, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've had I had some fun and uh, I've done some Athens New Year's in college, uh, just you know living the living the towny life. Um, then a couple times went over to my buddy uh, Matt or my buddy Jeff as Uncle Matt in the garage. Um, 
we'd just get a pinata and fill it full of like airplane travel size bottles of booze and scratchers and stuff like that and just kind of had like a little redneck type Nelsonville New Year's Eve downtown at the pit stop yeah get some bootlegger and some fireball and you know a couple one dollar scratchers and happy new year to you so um that's kind of where I'm at I just you know I feel like it's overrated um I, I lied one last thing of business real quick Bryce very anticlimactic uh, introduction, but you are the official AFC wins draft champion. Oh Doesn't matter what happens next week. Uh, counting Bobby's win tonight with either his Patriots or his Bills, who uh, he drafted. Uh, Bryce is on the 50 win mark as of week 16. Bobby has 39 wins today, and I have 33 wins. Um, with the, the Bengals kind of getting hot for me here late to kind of close the gap. But I think um, that'll end up being the finish. I mean, obviously, with each of us having five teams, I can't make up six wins. So, um, yeah, Bryce awesome. on, Bobby too, and I'm bringing up the rear, uh, which, I mean, next year if we podcast and do a wins draft, I will get the number one pick. So, <laughs> Just did did up, we put so. in was it was but, it two hundred fifty or five hundred dollars a piece for that one? I'm trying to think if I thought it was a grand. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, I'll text so, you guys my Venmo. You got yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got Venmo, the yeah, cash app. I'll take so. payments, installments if you guys need time. You know, I'm I'm respectful. Just have it by draft day. Um, wait. <laughs> oh, it's coming, baby. Wait till I get my stimulus. Yeah. All right. Well. um... I guess that is the show. Uh, like I said earlier, next week we'll be back with another episode. Talk about the NFL playoffs. Uh, I don't know if we'll preview preview the national championship game since that's the 11th. I think we might be able to get away with. Let's doing wait that. until like what? <laughs> see what happens. for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe we can get a, get away with talking about the semifinal games. And then uh, during the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, preview a national championship game. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess the plan is for um, myself. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you're down. But uh, at least ride this thing out once a week um, until uh, the Super Bowl. So, um, and then who knows. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter at PodcockPCast and the Facebook page at PodcockPCast. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Bryce, any famous oh, last oh, words? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, Barkin, go Bucks, go Browns. Uh, I hope if, honestly, one one of those teams win, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, but if I had to pick one, I will absolutely take Ohio State getting their asses kicked if fucking Browns are in the playoffs. So that's, uh, that's, where, I, that's where I'm at right now. So. And uh, Mr. Russell, uh, any famous last words from you? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of Bryce. I, I will take Pittsburgh getting their ass kicked for the Irish to get to the national championship. So let's go Irish. Win one for the Gipper. All right. Well, uh, let's wish uh, all the listeners a happy new year. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next year. So, uh, uh, yeah, see what I did uh, there? Yeah. yeah. See you guys next year. Uh, This has been the the Podcast Podcast. Thanks for listening.